Good morning. We are starting a new series at the end of the year. We're leading up for uh, Christmas time this season of the year. And the title of the series of talks that we're going to have about Christmas is Transmission. All year long we have uh, changed up and used different words that dealt with mission and how that uh, mission is important in our lives. And our mission for the beginning of the year was, as Bethesda, we had a mission of 1% that we were trying to reach at least 1% of the Lewis County population. And we're outside of the borders of that. There's people who come from Greenup County. Thank you, Greenup Countyans. Let's give the Greenup Countyans a big hand for coming. Uh, so, uh, but um, 1% is, uh, there's 13,835 people in Lewis County according to the last census. And that would be 138 individuals that we were trying to reach as a church that we would uh, be in contact with and that they would say this is their church. Uh, it's not in attendance. We weren't looking for 138 in attendance, but it's 138 people or individuals that would call Bethesda their home. And last uh, month, uh, the church has been continually growing throughout the year and new families are coming and everything's happening. And it's awesome. And last month, we averaged 92 people between the two campuses, amen, on Sunday mornings. And that's pretty awesome to have a church between two campuses of about 90-some people. And if everybody would have been here, we'll be way over 100. And uh, if everybody would come at one time that says, hey, Bethesda's my church. Bethesda's a place I love. And it's a place where I connect with other people and I connect with God. And it would be awesome. So we're very close to obtaining that 1%, but you never stop there. Amen? That we always want to grow. We always want to strive to reach more people for Jesus because that's the commission that he gave us that we ended with. Uh, so we're always on mission. So this is the last uh, sermon series of the year, and it's uh, transmission, but it's the transfer of power. The transfer of power. And I want us to read the Christmas story, and then we'll talk a little bit about uh, the transfer of power that we're speaking about during this Christmas season. We all need a good jolt of Christmas, amen? If, if we all had the jolt of Christmas that uh, Greg Hall has all year long that Donna's got to put up with every day, so Christmas Day he starts counting down, and Darren and Donna and them, they have to, and Sharon and Bill and all them, they have to hear about it all year long. There's only 364 more days left. And it's just all year long. He loves it. Uh, he's enthused about it. I wish I, wish I had that much uh, enthusiasm about it. Uh, but I'm starting to feel it. I'm starting to feel the Christmas spirit. It's that season. I love this season of the year uh, and all that. So Matthew chapter 2 is where we're going to read our, our text from. Matthew chapter 2, if you want to turn in your Bibles to get there, and we'll read it. So let's stand as we read Matthew chapter 2, this little portion of some of the Christmas story. Uh, a lot of times they read from Luke, but I like this from Matthew for today. Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who was born of the king of the Jews? For we have seen a star in the east, and have came to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. And when they had gathered together the chief priests and the scribes of the people together, he inquired of them, Where is Christ, the Christ, to be born? 
So they said to him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it was written by the prophet, But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judea, are not the least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you shall come a ruler who shall shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod, when he had secretly called the wise men, determined from them what the time was that the star had appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the young child. And when you have found him, bring back word to me that I may come and worship him also. When they heard the king, they departed, and behold, the star which they had seen in the east went before them till it came and stood still over where the young child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. And when they had came into the house, they saw the young child with Mary his mother and fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented gifts to him of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Then being divinely warned in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed from their own country another way. Divinely warned. The divine warning. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for this day. Lord, we thank you for this Christmas season. Lord, we thank you that you have uh, just given us so many gifts this year. Lord, that your blessings are pouring our lives. Lord, we pray for those in our community that are downtrodden. Lord, that so many people have lost their jobs over these past few years in our region. God, we pray for good jobs to come back for our community. Lord, that you would just allow us as a church to bless those that have needs. Lord, that you would give through us to them. And Lord, we just thank you for your son Jesus that was born that causes this Christmas season to be what it is. Let us be filled with joy just as the wise men were in this story. Give us the joy of Christmas. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody says, Amen. Amen. You may be seated. When thinking about transmission and the transfer of power, when I originally written this uh, title down last year, I was thinking about power in the video that we originally saw here when the video was played uh, when the children were walking downstairs was showing an electricity current traveling from one point to another. And the transfer of power that I want us to see today is kind of symbolic of that, that there is power present at one place and we need to get it to somewhere else and we need a conduit for that to happen. So in electricity, they have conduit and they have wires and they have things. So in, in the region where we live right here in Lewis County and, and up and down the river here, that there's a power plant up there at the Greenup Dam that has a big turbine. Though, so we drive across it all the time for a roadway to go over. But inside of that power plant there is a big turbine and, and there's electricity there that's being produced because the water is going across the turbine, turning and spinning and spinning a generator. And the generator is producing power through magnetic and all this different stuff. And we don't want to get a, into an electricity class, but I want us to understand that that power is present because something is moving. And that moving is living. It's a sign of living. So as that power is produced, and then they take it and they, they pipe it down through to us across the power lines that come down the river and, and uh, as it comes down along the river, that it's, it's high voltage, uh, electricity, AC current, and as it comes, power always seeks a ground. So as power seeks a ground, and I'm no electrician by trade, I know a little bit about it, enough to stay away from it and not get shocked. 
uh, so that's about my knowledge of electricity. We do have an electrician in the room today. He's sitting there smiling because he's listening to me babble about this, and he's thinking, you don't even know what you're talking about. A little bit. I know a little bit. So that power comes down through here, and it's a high voltage as it's coming, and, and as it comes down, and it comes, and, and they tie another wire into that power line coming down along the railroad tracks, and they tie it in, and it comes over towards your house. And when it gets close to your house, they, they got a transformer that they transform the power down to a power that's within a range to where that your house is able to receive that power and not burn up, right? Because if we took the power straight from the power line right into your house at the range and the voltage that it is out there, your wires wouldn't be able to contain it because it'd melt down. They can't take that much voltage and amperage and all that. So that power is present. It's transformed into something that it can hold. And as we think about that, that outside of your house, if you would walk outside of any home that you have here, you'll go outside and you'll see that there's a, a box out there with a meter, and we're all scared of that meter, you know, because it's got a little wheel in there, it turns, and when we see the wheel turning, we know and understand the wheel starts turning in our brain to say, that's power, and I'm paying for it, so I need to shut something off, right? I remember a few years ago, Greg, he called, and he's like, man, that wheel wheels are spinning like a top, and I, I need it to slow down a little bit, and uh, it'd be nice for it to slow down just a little bit, right? electric power not used as much but as it was spinning you try to find out where's it going because it's trying to seek that ground so somewhere in outside of your house they drive a big rod a big uh, usually six or eight foot long right a big copper rod and they'll drive it down in the ground and that wire is transferred and and they hook a connector up and it goes up into your breaker box so power is always seeking that ground and the way for a motor to work inside of your HVAC unit or your uh, furnace or whatever, it's seeking that power is transferring across that motor to go to that ground. So it's always seeking the ground. It's got to have a place where it's looking. And that's the way it's the power of God. He's always looking for a ground. That's you. Look at your neighbor and say, you're like a ground. <laughs> Bible says we're dust of the earth, right? He formed us out of the dust of the earth. From dust you've came, dust you shall return, right? So we're just, we're just ground anyway. That's who we are. So as we see that, that God's power is always looking for that ground, you need to be that ground rod where it is connected to God that you can receive the power of God. So this Christmas season, as I talk about the uh, transmission, that there's a, a place because we have to have a connection from here to the power plant in order to be able to move and have things to happen the way we need them to happen. Those ceiling fans would not turn if the water wasn't turning, producing the power, and there wasn't a line to get it down the river to connect them to it. So you have to have that connection. And that's the thing about Christmas. What it is is the connecting point that gives us access to the power of God. Jesus said this. He said, all power in heaven and earth has been given unto me. And I give it unto you. Amen. Jesus is the transmission. He is the connecting rod between us and the powerhouse, which is God in heaven. How many would like to have the power of God present in your life? Amen. To make you active, to make the current there, to give you the momentum you need to do the things God's called you to do. So this transfer of power is like that. That it's there, it's present. And Jesus is the power line we need to connect to. And we can try to do things on our own. And even as Old Testament prophet, he said, it's not by might and not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. That He was talking about an earthly, manly power because sometimes we get caught up into what we're able to do within our own power. Amen? As individuals that we think we can accomplish things and I can fix this problem. I can take care of this issue. I can, I can just cover that up. I can just do this. I can do that. And really, we don't really seek the power of God because we think we can handle it ourselves. But usually we end up making a bigger mess 
amen, than what was initially there anyway because we try to fix it. We need to give all of our cares to God because he cares for us. Amen? We need that transfer of power. So in the Christmas story, and tying this together, that, that as we're looking at this, that there's a transfer of power happening. And that power was something that the world didn't really want. The people of the world didn't really want having power on earth. They didn't want the connecting. They didn't want the power lines run down the river to connect them to God. They thought they were already connected to God. And I wonder how many people amongst the people in our region think they're connected to God when they're really not. Amen? That we, we feel like or believe, but are we truly connected to God through Jesus? Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. He said, no man comes to the Father except by me. We can only go through Jesus to receive the power of God in our life. So as we look at this story here, this, this story where Jesus was born in Bethlehem, and it's always amazing how that God uses the little things, amen, often through Scripture you'll find somebody that you would think would be non in, or insignificant or, or not important or, or couldn't really accomplish anything, and God will use little things to do big differences and make big differences in people's lives. And here he says, the Old Testament prophet said, for out of Bethlehem, the least... Of all of them, out of the least of, tri of the tribes and the least of the families of that tribe, out of you shall come the ruler for the nations. The power of God is coming to be present. The Messiah is coming through the least. And sometimes it's dumbfounding for us to think that God can't use me. We'll believe, yeah, he can use so-and-so or he can, he can use that one or use this one. And I, you can read and look back and, sure, Billy Graham can stand up and thousands come to Jesus, but God called him to reach thousands. Maybe he caused you to reach ten. Amen? It's not about the mission. It's the mission God has given you as an individual. He wants you to just to be available and make yourself available to him. So we can't, the Bible says it's, it's, it's foolish to compare ourselves one to another. Amen? We shouldn't compare ourselves against our brother and sister. I shouldn't worry that uh, Billy Graham has seen thousands. And I heard on uh, Caleb the other day the, the story about the, uh, the lady back in the 1800s had written the little poem, Just As I Am, the song that we sing at the end of all of our service, Just As I Am, without whatever. She wrote that as a poem, and she was a very insignificant person that felt like, and she was in a depressed state and felt like nothing mattered in her life, but she wrote this poem, and this poem became a song that thousands upon thousands of people come to Jesus during those altar calls with that song. So sometimes we don't even understand what we're doing now is going to make a pathway for Jesus to be used in the future. Amen? We don't know. You can't look at an apple and look at that seed and tell how many apples are going to be produced throughout the generations of time through the seed of that apple. Amen? They say you can count the number of seeds in an apple, but you can't count the number of apples in a seed. It's truth. So in our life, we just need to accomplish what God has given us to do as a mission. But here in this story, it tells us that Bethlehem was there in Judea and, and Herod the king, he was a king. And if you'll look real close there, it's got him listed as a little king. Little K, right? So anytime you're reading your Bible and looking at your Bible and you see it listing a little K, that means an earthly king. But if you'll see it as a capital K, that's a way of signifying it's the king of kings that it'll say. That's God. 
the God of heaven. He's the king of kings. And he's appointing Jesus to be the king of the Jews. And as he says, you know, where's this king of the Jews? You'll look right there in the next verse, and it's got it capitalized because it's talking about Jesus. He's, he's the king of kings and the Lord of lords. So they, they have to understand that as, as I was thinking about this message, that here we have this, this process for this earthly king and his power that he has over the children of Israel, the Jews, is being transferred from himself to somebody else. Right? They didn't have elections. He was appointed by Caesar. He, King Herod, he, he, he didn't hold an election, and, and it wasn't a democracy where that you could go out and vote, well, hey, I want to vote for King Herod this time, or whatever. He was appointed. So his appointment was he thought he had the power, the connection with the source to be the ruler of the people. But here God said, no, you don't understand, earthly people. My kingdom isn't like yours. Amen? My son will be king. And so God appoints his son and allows his son to be born. But it's an amazing thing in this story is that, that uh, it's kind of dumbfounding, really. And it really doesn't even make any sense, earthly sense, in my mind is that Jesus was born of a virgin, right? We understand that. We read the Bible to, to see that, and it says that Jesus was born of the Virgin Mary. Amen. Does that make any sense, earthly sense, to anybody in this room? How many virgins you ever know have a baby? Just her in the story. And sometimes when you think about that and you ponder about that, it's like, man, that's kind of weird. How can that happen? I don't understand. That makes no reasonable, I can't come up with logic in my mind to make sense of that, right? And sometimes we try to study about things and we think about things too long and we get tripped up in our mind to think, man, that just don't make any sense. And really, does that really hold up in the Bible? And we, we have nothing to really back that up with. And, and I just don't understand how that could happen. Has anybody ever thought that? Amen, I have. It just don't make any sense. But as I began to think about this past week, I, I, I just had this thought. I was like, you know what? Because uh, if you go to talking to scientists and different people of, of intellect and smart people, you go to talking to them, and you, you'll say, yeah, Jesus was born of a Virgin Mary. And they just look at you, smile, and just shake their head, kind of like, you're crazy. Like, well, yeah, maybe I am. I don't know. But that's what the Bible says, so I just believe it, right? I grew up in, in, in like children's church down here, and, and, and it was a little Sunday school class, and Sister Elwise would teach us the B-I-B-L-E for me. There's some people singing here. I stand upon the Word of God. So as I sung out as a little kid, I just become, as an adult, once I become saved and a Christian, that I just believe the Bible to be true. Amen? I don't have to defend it. That's God's Word. He's the one said it. It's not mine to defend. I just, I just think about it and ponder about it and think all that. But really what I think doesn't matter because it's God's word and that's enough. Amen. Amen? So I was pondering about that and I thought, you know, these scientists, they come up with all these things. And they'll say, well, you know, six billion years ago, just this big bang theory happened and all this happened. And, and then just everything just evolved out. and it's, All this just happened out of chance. So... In my mind, to rationalize this, or kind of think about this, is they believe, and they criticize us because we believe one little baby was born outside the normal ways of making a baby, right? A virgin birth, makes no sense. And they criticize us for believing that one baby could be born like that. And they believe the whole world can exist out of nothing. 
I think in comparison, they're farther off than we are, right? Amen? That it's easier, I, I could, it's, it's easier to believe that one baby could be born because there's a God out in heaven that produced and had a, sent an a, a angel, Gabriel, to come and speak to this girl named Mary and say, you're going you're gonna to be with a child, and, and it's going to be a boy, and it's going to be named Jesus. And today, you know, you see all these reveal parties, and I, I see all these people shooting balloons and dust in them, and, and they'll have cakes all dressed up with white, and you have to cut it to know what kind of baby it's going to be. It's because we got an ultrasound that we can tell what the baby's going to be, right, Donna? She works in ultrasound. You know what the sex is the baby's going to be. Back then, there was no ultrasound. This angel was declaring something. This is going to be a boy. You got a 50-50 chance. Right? Boy or girl, you got a 50-50 chance of getting there to say, what's this going to be? But he was declaring, this is going to be a boy, and you're going to call his name Jesus. You're going to call him Emmanuel. He's going to be God with us. The power of heaven present on earth. That's an amazing thing. Amen. A transfer of power from heaven to earth. It's all been given to Jesus. He's here walking with. So as that happened, and you think about this, and it just, it's, it's kind of crazy. But it's still the word of God. And I believe we as a church have to stand up for the virgin birth of Jesus Christ. Amen. If that's what God's word says, I don't need to explain it away. I don't need to go into some deep DNA and try to figure out and, and find out what the DNA of Jesus is. And I watched YouTube videos this week about scientists that went over and got little blood specimens from the, the, the cloth over there. And they tried to break it down to find out what DNA Jesus was. I don't care. Amen? I don't care. It's the word of God. Either I stand on it. Or I, I, I just trample over it, what, what I want to do with it. I believe that this is the word of God. And if he says he was born of a virgin, he was. I mean, it's as simple as that. But this transfer of power, the reason it had to be a virgin birth, and the reason I believe we as a church have to believe in a virgin birth of Jesus is because he can't be of earthly descent. Somebody say Amen. If I need a new transfer of power, if I need heaven to be on earth, it can't come through man. Amen? Because man messes everything up. God's plan for man was, I will send my son, and that son will be a perfect, live a 33 and a half years of perfect life on this earth, and that can't happen in humanity. Can somebody say amen? I'm 41 years old, and I, I messed up a long time before I was 33 and a half. Probably before I was five. I've told all kinds of stories of things like that. I shoved Howie off the bridge when I was just little. Knocked his head and and it's wonder I'd, I'd done so many dumb things when I was little and young. Sin was in my life even before I knew what sin was. Amen. And I remember when accountability hit me, and sitting in church services where that I would stand up and the preacher would be up there and they would sing just as I am at our little church every Sunday. It was the same altar call song every week. Carmen Richmond would be up there preaching. He'd be standing there, and I'd stand by my grandpa and stand there with those little old wooden pews, and I'd hold my hand on it. And as a teenager, I remember those years where that my heart started beating and saying, you need to go up there because something's wrong in your life. Amen? I remember the, when those, those moments were, and it's not the same for every kid. Leslie said she remembered, I think it was nine years old, where that she was standing there one day and been grown up from the time she was born in church and went to church every time and sing and do all the different things in church as a kid. But at nine years old, she was standing there one day and it hit her heart, says, you're without God. 
We need a transfer of power from heaven to earth for us. We need to be the ground rod. Amen. We need connected to Jesus so that we can have the power of God in our life. Don't get into debate. Just say it's the way it is. It's a virgin birth because there had to be a purity from heaven to connect humanity to God. That's why a virgin birth is worth standing up for. It's worth it as an individual for us today to say, yes, God is powerful and he's more powerful than man and we've got to be connected to him through his son Jesus and his son Jesus had to be born of a virgin so that he's got a pure DNA link to heaven. Amen? So it's this transfer of power, it's happening. And, and Herod was troubled because this transfer of power was that he was going to lose his kingdom to Jesus' kingdom. Just like a politician, right? Do you notice this story? Herod said, yeah, guess what, wise men? Go over there in Bethlehem. I'm going to send you over. It's a little delegation. And yeah, it's right over that way. It's not very far away. So he sends them from Jerusalem. It's not real far. It's just a, a few miles trip. It's kind of back down off the mountain. And as they trek down the mountain, the wise men, they get down there and they're following the star. And they, they come to this place and they find out where Jesus is. And they, they get him and they reach him and they go in and give him their stuff. And then the last verse says they were divinely warned. How many of you would like to have divine warning from God? Amen. Before you was about to get yourself in a pickle. Amen. I would like that kind of divine warning, wouldn't you? So whenever I'm getting ready to mess up, whenever I'm getting ready to make a mistake, because I would, I would want to be influenced by that power. Well, I know the King Herod. I know, I know that king over there in Jerusalem. I know him. I, I've, I shook his hand before. I've talked to him. These wise men could have went back with all these stories about knowing this politician, right? But as they were coming and leave, getting ready to leave that place, they were divinely warned. The only way divinity can happen is that there to be a God. Amen. Amen. Amen? They were divinely warned not to go back that way. Why? Because if they went back, then Herod would know where Jesus was. And he wasn't looking to go. And, and, and Herod even said, well, if, once you find him, I want to go worship him too. He wasn't interested in going worshiping him. He was a politician. He lied. Sure. Usually politicians tell you what you want to hear when you're standing in front of them. Amen? I'm not anti-politician, but that's just the way they are. They usually tell you what you want to hear while they're in front of you, and then they do what they want to do when they're somewhere else. It's kind of that way in our world, right? So here, Herod says, I want to go see him. I want to go worship him. No, he don't. But God has got this process that he has, since the established, since he established the world, in Genesis chapter 3, verse 15, was the first place that, that God said that from woman's seed... There would be someone born that would crush the head of the enemy. It says in Genesis chapter 3, verse 15. Out of the seed of woman shall come one, the ruler, that will bruise the head of the enemy. That's Jesus. It's, it's prophesied from the foundation of the earth. God had this plan to send his son Jesus. And here Jesus shows up on the scene as this little baby, this little infant that couldn't, he couldn't uh, really, he didn't have the power of humanity. He didn't have the strength or the fortitude or the courage as a ba newborn baby to fight off a king on this earth. So God divinely warned, amen, and protected. If God protected Jesus, he will protect you. Amen. I believe that. So as he protected Jesus, because later on in scriptures it says we're all adopted. Amen? Our hearts, once we're connected through Jesus to God, it says our hearts cry, I have a father. He's our heavenly father. 
We're all adopted. We're grafted in, it says in Romans. So as we're part of that plan, God cares just as much about us as he does his son Jesus. But here he cared enough about him to protect him. He'll protect you. Why don't you look at your neighbor and tell him that and say, I think you need protected. <laughs> Amen. Because baby Jesus, little baby Jesus couldn't fight off Herod. Had to be some protection going on, right? And God made a pathway for that to happen. And he'll make that pathway for you. But as we're here today and thinking about this transfer of power that God wants us to see, that that power is present to have movement in our life for life to go on. And as Jesus grew up, and, and you can read the rest of this story, as Jesus continues to grow, and we see that, that, that the story goes on and until the age of 12, we understand some things that happened in Jesus' life. From, from the age of 12 to 30, we don't know anything about his life in the Bible account. So it's got years and years that we don't see the account of what happened. But it was all in God's plan. We don't have to know it all. All we have to know is God and His Son, Jesus. So today, as we think about this power that is available, how many wants connected to Him? How many wants that divine warning? How many wants to not be like Herod that wants to use my power to offset the power because God's going to do something else? Ready to give up power? The best way for you to connect through Jesus to God is to give up the power you have over your own life. Amen? The sooner we give up and say, it's not I who lives, but God in me. Amen. Paul said, I want to know nothing of you, among you, save Jesus Christ and him crucified and resurrected. Amen? That's what we need is Jesus in our life. And this reason for the season that we have here in Christmas is for the church a chance once a year that God gives us the opportunity to stand up for what this says. Every year I can stand up and wholeheartedly say, I believe in the virgin birth of Jesus Christ. Because God's word says it, that settles it. Just little faith makes a lot of difference. The seed of a size, Jesus said if you had faith the size of a grain of mustard seed, you can say to a mountain, be cast in the sea and it will. Amen? You don't have to have a lot of faith. A little faith is enough. That's what Jesus was telling that story for. Don't worry about it because somebody says you ain't got enough faith. You have enough faith if you got just the size of a seed of a mustard seed. To say to a mountain, be cast in the sea, that's crazy. Don't even make sense to us. We see up here in Greenup County where that it's took them a year to cliff off one little side of a hill and I don't even know I wonder what they're building there I don't even know I want to know I'm going to get my nose is getting involved every time I drive by I'm too nosy wanting to know what's going on but it took them a year just to take off the side of that hill to make a little flat spot and Jesus says if you've got faith the size of a mustard seed you can say to a whole mountain be cast in the sea and it will faith will move mountains in your life you may be sitting here today saying I need the power of God don't take a lot have faith the only way to connect to Jesus is through faith. Hebrews eleven six says, But without faith it's impossible to please God. For those that come to him must believe that he is, amen, God exists, and that he is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. Hebrews eleven six. Do you believe he is? 
Do you believe he rewards? I do. Let's stand.
greater than anything.